0: This is the Culture Matters Podcast.
1: Hello, Culture Matters Podcast. Before I introduce you to our guest, here's a quote I picked just for this episode. To get what you want, you have to deserve what you want. The world is not yet crazy enough place to reward a whole bunch of undeserving people. Charlie T. Munger, (laughs) today's guest, ideal guest for this quote, somebody that kicks ass, takes names, (laughs) doesn't eat potatoes. The list goes on, gets up early. Eddie G. Perez Jr., thanks for coming back. I, I wanted to start this show off. Thank by you for my, having me. Well, my pleasure. I wanted to start this show off by something I was listening to. Uh, one of our recent episodes, I believe it was episode 140, titled, well, the title is episode 140 of the Culture Matters Podcast. Anyone listen to this, go check out that episode after this. You mentioned that something that you learned from your father was everything is possible. Mm-hmm. In the spirit of that thought process right now, the people listening to this, they may uh feel it, feel that they are a part of a recession and, and actually literally be in receding. Mm-hmm. So in that spirit, what are what's three tactical things that you would say to them that they can do to change their situation around in the spirit of Everything is possible. Uh, everything impossible, as we talk about, is a
0: mindset. So the first thing that I would say to these people is, is simple. It's always been known that during a recession, some of the people that were built more on, you could say, a house of cards, however you want to say it, are going to come down. And others that were strong and waiting for that opportunity or were gaining strength where they can kind of slingshot above. So... My question to them first would be one, are you which one are you? Are you the one you know with some strength that's gaining momentum? are you somebody that needs to possibly reorg and and that's completely okay if you have to do a strategic realignment. Um, and that's if you're an entrepreneur, if you're an everyday person depending on what your field is. very similar, the thing that you could do is work on your skills. Uh, if you're building your own business, You need to realize which one you are and then make a move. So that's part two is after you've identified where you sit in that situation is you've got to take action. But before you take action, you have to bring people together on your team. You have to bring people together to see what's kind of going on there. And you have to understand that, yeah, maybe the macro is having challenges because the market's the market. There's nothing you can really do about that. It's, it's kind of like the weather, you know, if you live in a certain area, unless you move, that's the weather you're going to be getting and you kind of know it and it changes and it can change on a fly. You got to really worry about within your four walls. So once you bring those people together, the third one is you got to take the action of the plans that are put in and be flexible enough that if something happens, um, because in the spirit of my father he was in a similar situation a little over 40 years ago in the like in 80 81 uh, when interest rates shot up inflation it's it's a very similar story than what you're hearing stagflation everything out there and what ha- helped him survive and he was in construction he was a contractor painting and framing is he said okay in my sector people are still going to buy homes so the first time home buyer and that's what I need to double down on. And that's what got him through that two, three year stretch. That was really, really tough. Where Fed chairman at the time, Paul Volcker kind of has been viewed as a hero through American history, which makes sense because he is the one that pretty much with the help of Reagan, those two together and and obviously a lot more people, but they had the belief to destroy inflation as much as they could which is understandable because inflation really is the a, a significant tax on the middle
1: class. It's the invisible tax that really, really hurts. Do you, how old were you in, in that time? Four to six, depending on when it started
0: in 19, I was born in 76. So 80 to 82. Do you remember any, that? anything from that time? It's funny. You say that I don't, I you know it's funny I don't remember him struggling because my father had a you know something that he taught me well is you you got to understand who you are as a person you got to understand yourself but your um the way you feel in a given moment will betray you and it doesn't really matter like you know some people will say it harshly like get over your feelings and then people attack them Saying, "What do you mean? You got to have feelings." No, no. My my dad was always very good at saying, "You need to understand them." But it, it's just a very simple. You hear a lot of people saying it today. It's either the price of discipline or the price of you know. Some people say regret, disappointment. So I never really saw that on my father's head, but he had you know he had a lot of responsibilities because it wasn't just our family. Uh, he was he was helping take care of. Them. Uh my aunt and that family because my aunt was bipolar schizophrenic so my cousin's over there Um, uh, he was also helping take care of my grandmother on my mom's side my dad was uh, the patriarch he he took care of everybody and you know he didn't have time for those those emotions he just had to get some things done but what I do remember it's funny you say that I do remember in 82 or 83, I'm trying to remember, was I six or seven? I think I was seven, somewhere around there. My dad bought a Oldsmobile Tornado, <laughs> which was his favorite car. And he felt like he had made it. I, I'll never forget that. He says, you know, this was the first time I bought something that I really, really wanted. Um, and my dad was, you know, at that point in time, my dad had... Saved up enough pennies and even within that same time frame, it was a small house that I grew up in, but paid that off and really did all that stuff. So it's not like he was irresponsible. Like he took care of pretty much zero expenses outside of living and then went and got that car. And my father would never get anything more than a three-year loan on a car. You know, he didn't, I, I he was alive today eight years, seven years on cars, I think he'd flip his lid. Um, wow. Even though some of them are like at 0% interest rate. So he may not for that, but you know, he came from a heavy interest rate environment and I do remember that though. I do remember the pillars of, of sticking through it. So when the eighties
1: got even better, he kind of grew with that. It, do you think that influenced you? Yes. I, of course, think about it. I remember it like it was yesterday still,
0: you know, and we're talking about, it was either 83, 82 or 83. So we're talking about, I was, I'm pretty sure I was seven. So I want to say 83, pretty sure I was seven.
1: When, when was that moment for you? What? Like, did you have that moment in your life yet where you, it's like you're him and then your son's you. No, Mm-mm. I don't think so yet. I mean, I don't
0: know if my son's had it with me. I can't really, you know, that's probably a good question to ask him.
1: Um, well, possibly the reason my oldest. I asked is look what you've achieved, you know? So from an outsider looking in, I, I have my, my, my opinions of whether you've achieved it or not, but I'm curious if, if you feel like you've accomplished what he did in that sense where he made it right. Like that feeling of making, it. have you, you know, what, that's why, when was that for you or have, or do you feel that you, that you're, that you did that yet? Cause uh, I think a lot of people would, would, would have the opinion that you did. So I don't know what do you think. Oh, uh, you see, cause the thing is what I would challenge
0: that opinion with is I think you're always kind of having to make it. I think you're always having to get a little bit better. I think you're always having to improve. So I, I think the problem when you feel like you've made it, I think that's possibly when you start thinking it's day two and you, and you hear Jeff Bezos talk a lot about that day one attitude. So I, I don't know. I, I, I would say that I haven't what I would call hit day two. I, I still think I'm of that day one mindset. Um, but understandably, I was born in this country. I can understand why my father felt like that. I mean, he had at that point only been in this country 19 years, 18 years. And to have a business, a house paid off for a family, taking care of multiple family members. Uh, He was the first one in this country. So then he even brought other family members here, kind of being the true beginner Of the Perez culture in America, he was the epicenter. Uh, I can see why he would have to feel that he made it because it would be very good psychological to him because of so much he sacrificed, especially just buying a car. That later, sadly, it was a two door car. He had to get rid of it because of the pressures he got because trying to get my grandfather in the back seat was very tough. And, you know, he loved, uh, not his dad, my mom's dad. He loved him so much that he gave up his favorite car to go get a four door car. So he only got to enjoy that for three years. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it is. It's 83. Now I remember, cause he got rid of it in 86 when I was 10. That's how I remember that.
1: For those that don't know, where did he come from? Cuba. And how did he get here?
0: He uh, with six others uh, in the middle of the night stole a rowboat and rowed to freedom. Three days at sea.
1: When you think of that, how do you wrap your head around? You know, recession. (laughs) (laughs) You you know, like so. The our listeners opportunity.
0: Opportunity. That's how yeah. I really do. Rap. It is an opportunity
1: listening to this right now. Sure. And so, you know, what can they take away from the, 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 the fact that your, your, your founder, your father left his culture with a bunch of people on a boat. And, 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 and risk sharks and all that crazy stuff. Like I can't even imagine to come here and then start a business. Like, how do we draw from that? What, what's, what are some of the lessons so we can go into work today?
0: And well, here's the, here's the one lesson, probably the biggest lesson right now that everybody should hear. You may have to work twice as hard to make half as much, but at some point in time, you'll work half as hard to make two to three times as much. You just got to get over yourself. I'm sorry to tell that to people. I think a lot of people cheat uh, themselves of a lot of things. Not just getting through this, their purpose, uh, their mission in life. They, 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 they're not willing to be uncomfortable. And I actually think part of the things that are plaguing this world today, forty years later, is. You know, there wasn't as much of dopamine rushes. And and what I mean by that is, is people are kind of searching for that. I think part of the reason people complain is because they want to gain sympathy from somebody else, which is a dopamine rush to you and your body physiology on that. So they're just always constantly searching for that high and it's just too much. You know, when you don't have a choice, kind of pretty much like my father had outside of just wither away. You could be pretty, you don't really care how you feel. You don't really care if you're sick. You don't really care if your knee hurts. You don't really care if you're uh, sad because, regardless of it, you're going to be worse if you don't do something about it. And, you know, so many people seek happiness, and happiness is just a byproduct of how much courage you're constantly seeking in a free environment you have to have freedom to accomplish that but freedom has two parts and this is the tough part right now that a lot of people may not like to hear freedom has to have liberty and self-responsibility and i think that's what my father really invoked the most was immense self-responsibility he had a belief that everything was his responsibility If it was beneficial or non-beneficial, he didn't get emotional. If things didn't go his way, he didn't get that emotional. If they went his way, he knew that they were all byproducts of his self-responsibility. But can I sit here and tell him and tell a lot of the listeners out there that I have empathy for you? Of course I do. Um, You know, When you grow up in a household where both parents, because my mom also came from Cuba and overcame her cancer, well, you know, when you're kind of in an environment of a lot and my uncle surviving a firing squad, when you're in that type of environment uh, with a lot of courage, it does build a certain perspective in you that, well, it's nowhere near as tough as what those folks went through. And they have smiles on their face. They would, they all. Some of the worst tragedies are in mean, this greatest country. Oh, who cares about those problems? It's problems are opportunities. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a little bit down. Okay, why are you down? What are you gonna do different tomorrow? Oh well, I feel like crap. Well, you're eating like crap. Of course you feel like crap. Or oh my god, I'm not gaining strength. Well, you you, you haven't worked out as hard. You know, you may need to work out another 20
1: minutes a day, 30 minutes a day. That's what I'd say there. Mm. What was his? What did his parents do over over there? <clears throat> my mom was a uh, my grandmother. Excuse me, was a
0: house cleaner, and then my grandfather was also in construction. But unfortunately, uh, from the stories I gather, because he passed away when I was ten months old, uh, he was constantly getting fired. He wasn't a really good employee. You know, constantly fighting with his boss, blaming everything on his boss. So that's, I think, what also. Helped my father's self responsibility because he hated seeing his mom work so hard, even though he loved his dad. So that's why he quit school in eighth grade to play baseball and sell mangoes because he self educated himself. He read a lot and then he just focused on supporting for the family because my father in Cuba grew up, you know as he would put it regular middle class i have to sit here and think that it was probably not it was probably a little bit lower in the grand scheme of things from a financial standpoint however what i'll give my grandparents credit is they did teach him a great amount about um, a great amount about family about loyalty And my grandmother did teach him, because she was a hard worker, how to be such an excellent hard worker. My dad used to even joke, you know, before he even passed, that his dad, you know, my grandfather, wasn't <laughs> the, the most ideal person, you know. And you see that out there. And, and you got to ask yourselves, you know, I don't know, what did he go through that kind hmm. of molded him to be that way? How was he born and wired? Did he not find his talents? You know, I give him courage, my grandfather, because in that time, as crazy as it sounds, uh, my grandmother had been divorced with two kids. So he steps into a family and helps take care of it. And then my father is his first. Well, it's his first child that lived. Wow, because the other one died as an infant, um, and they had a few that died young, but then he steps in and he expands the family and then he took care of the other two, like they were his own. And, you know, you don't hear about that. My dad was born in 40. So you got to think about that. He did that in the 1930s. You didn't hear about that. First of all, you didn't hear about that many people getting divorced back then. Second of all, you sure as heck didn't hear about some guy who is isn't divorced coming in to help take care of some woman that has two kids. That's just, you know,
1: that's just the reality. Mm. You think part of the lesson here is people take it what they, whatever they have their like, like their fate is given them and making the best of it. Yes, yes,
0: yes. Um, well, I think you can control your destiny, but yes, your fate is your fate and what surrounds it, what is embodied in it, the things that are out of your control, which is pretty much everything outside of your mindset. And that's why I think your destiny can be controlled, is because it it, it has to be your mindset. Your mindset's what drives your destiny. Uh, you've seen it time and time again. Example, example, and and that means with anything, you know. My mom wanted to be known as a very good teacher. And it became very, very known, and that was her destiny, and that's what she really yearned to do. So it's, it's when I say this, it's, it's whatever your passions are and what you lie in them and what you can do effectively. It doesn't really matter what you're doing. My mom had a great saying, speaking of that. She says, I'd rather you be the greatest janitor in the world than a terrible doctor. A lot of people would say, that's stupid. Why? You make more money. Yeah, but a terrible doctor. What's going to happen? You probably don't care. And you may kill somebody. Doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means you don't care and you weren't paying attention to certain details. But as a janitor, she had a good point. You know, the halls are completely clean. Whatever you're cleaning is so pristine. People don't slip and fall. It's a nice place to be. People like to be in clean environments. You know, I, I can see where... She used that metaphor and 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 really turned it into examples. I can see where that makes a lot of sense.
1: Mm-hmm. Eddie Perez, thank you for coming on this episode, and uh, I'm excited to see you once again. I, 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 last uh, question: I, I'm curious about what you think of the quote that we started with. I'm going to reread it. <laughs> <If> you want. <laughs> To get what you want, you have to deserve what you want. The world is not yet crazy enough place to reward a whole bunch of undeserving people. Charlie T. Munger. Yeah. So
0: it's, it's, it's funny you say that. Uh, I say something, and, and a lot of people say it's something similar. Uh, it's just I've, st- I've created it as an acronym, but it's the price. You know if you've paid the price. The price, you know, if you cheated here and there or done something or slept in or, you know, you know, uh, you know, done even, you know, I've, I've heard people doing this, they'll read a book on a blinkist. that's like 15, 20 minutes, nothing wrong with that, but then they'll go to audio and buy it and then just go to the very end and hit the last scenario and look like it finished it. Look, dude, you know, if you paid the price and the price to me is pay and respect in conscious efforts and experiences you know if you've paid the price so apps and here's the other thing that i want to challenge anybody out there to think you want to pay the price because you know if you've cheated something the guilt that's on you and how empty you feel you know if somehow you got chosen for something over somebody else but you know, that they deserved it more. So maybe there was some political stuff here or something of that nature. You know, meritocracy was violated. You want to pay it because deep down, it'll make you stronger. You know, you talk about some of the mental health challenges out there. Those are the things that help get you out of that phase if you're in there or if you're not, but to keep you there. Because it doesn't matter how great you are. If uh, you sit on the beach and drink pina coladas for four weeks and don't read and don't do anything, your brain, everything's going to start getting mushy. And I'm not even saying from an example of saying your stomach and building fat. I'm just saying is you will start to deteriorate. So, yes, it goes on what you deserve. And yes, to all the viewers out there, the listeners, I understand if somebody has cheated their way, that doesn't mean you have to. And you also know that those that do that. Later, it either falls apart or you hear them tell them, "Ah, I wasn't really ever happy in my life. I mean, I think if you really, and it goes back to what I said about courage. So it's a very, very great quote by Charlie Munger because you, you really do want, need, and know if you've paid the price. we mm-hmm. you